our worship team, myself, you. Imagine if all of us came in and said, hey, uh, Lord, I'm just going to open my gate. I wonder what would happen if all of us opened up our gates, became producers in the kingdom instead of just consumers. Oh, man, praise God. Praise God. You guys all doing all right today? Yeah, 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 this side's good. Yep. All right, good, good, good. We're good. Hey, um, if, you are, uh, if you're a child and you'd like to be part of our children's ministry this morning, right through that door over there, you're welcome to go on through. Um, and if you're a guest with us, I want to thank you for coming and being a part of Spirit of Life Church today. My name is Pastor Jonathan, and, uh, and one, one way that we are able to get to know you is if in your bulletin you should have got a Connect card, you just fill that out. And uh, you can hand that in for a gift at the Welcome Center. You could give it to an usher. You could put it in the offering plate in a few minutes, however you'd like to do that. We'd love to get you a gift. And, and I'd also like to be able to call you, pray with you, all that good stuff. So, um, so we, we've got that. Let me just, I want to see, see what the order is here. Um, we're going we're gonna to get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And... Um, and I was just, just sensing this morning, um, I don't know if, if you're planning on giving or not today, but um, maybe you give on other weeks, maybe it just depends on sometimes just when you get paid and all those things, or, but um, would you just either grab an offering envelope, even if you weren't planning, or, or imagine something in your hand, and if you are giving, just whatever that is in your hand, maybe you're giving electronically, and so you're going to hold your wallet or your, your debit card, and we actually have a um, electronic giving right outside um, these doors over here and Linda Niemeyer can help you and you can get on your smartphone and go on our website or you can text to give all that stuff however you're planning to give hold that in your hand and I just want us to just pause for a moment because sometimes we go through the motions here and it just becomes another thing that we do and I just want to remind us that it's worship that this is worship that this is us saying it's one of the ways that we just say God I trust you you know that's what faith is if you're just boiled down faith faith is just saying I trust you God I trust you we're a peculiar people not just not just us but Christians Christians across the the nation across the globe I mean imagine someone that has no grid work for church thinking what you guys give 10% of your income to, to God? What? We're a peculiar people. And if we don't connect it with worship, then we, we, we're missing something. And so, Lord, right now we hold, we hold our gift, we hold our tithe. In this moment, we just say, it's not mine anymore, it's yours. Lord, your word says so much about finances. Lord, I love the place that says that you meet our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Lord, your word says that you, you love a cheerful giver. Lord, I thank you right now that as we get ready to give, that this is a place of worship that's an extension of what we've just been doing all morning. We, we continue that right now. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Well, if, if it's 10, I mean, if it's 10 seconds, man, I can.
I can let everybody have 10 seconds real quick if you want. I'm just joking. Let me turn that on for you. There you go. When my wife and I learned to tithe, it was hard for me to do that. But once I learned it and I started doing it, we never had a problem as far as our finances was concerned after we learned to tithe. And it's all God's glory. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to... Would you maybe just turn on the music for a second? Because I, uh, I forgot to load my sermon onto my... I'm just going to do that real quick, if you guys don't mind. Hey, just real quick, there's a few things to be aware of. Uh, there we go. Encountering God's service tonight, um, led by Stephanie Monthe. Um, this is a, uh, let me just tell you just a little bit, because we've had different types of prayer services. We've, we've, we've had prayer service where we talk about where it's a breakthrough prayer service, and, and, uh, and you come for the purpose of breakthrough and things. We've had other types of prayer meetings that we do. This, we, we titled it totally different because, it, because we just wanted you to come with a brand new um, thought process about why you're coming. It's called Encountering God's Service, and that's what you're going to do. So here's, here's a couple reasons to come. One is maybe you've said uh, uh, to yourself or someone else, man, it's been a long time since I've heard God's voice. I don't know if I ever have. And, uh, and so this would be a place to come and practice that, to, to come and, and kind of get the cobwebs cleaned out so that you can hear, right? Um, maybe it's been a while since you've experienced God and it's, been, it's just like it's been going through the motions. You just want to come and experience God. This is going to be for you so you can, you can just come and, and be a part. There's... Um, really no agenda other than God come close. I want to hear you, and Stephanie Monthe is going to facilitate that, and uh, um, she does a great job at that, so it's going to be at 6 p.m. in the youth room tonight, and I encourage you to come and be a part. You know, oh, do you want to know another good reason to come? Is if you, are you, anybody super busy? Anybody just like, like, like you're just, just raise your hand if like you're just super busy? Like, you need a break. Like, there's so much going on. No one wants to admit it in, in here. Like, you're just super, if anybody's super busy, like, this is for you. So, um, come on out. All right. Oh, there was, oh, I guess there were other things here, too. Um, we've got Family Connect coming up uh, this Wednesday. This is uh, Spirit of Life Church Family. This isn't if you just have uh, kids. This is for the church family to come connect uh, there's going to be food. I think the I think the sides are potluck style. 
Uh, there should have been an email that went out, um, and then the church is going provide, to provide the main dish. So come out and just be together on Wednesday evening, uh, 545. Uh, we've got VBS coming up. Do I, did I, ooh, were you going to, were you going to share or do you want me to share? I can share. It's, it, I just saw you though. Go for, you're welcome. You probably know more than I do. I'm just going to like make stuff up. <laughs> I was about ready to just, well, all right, there you go. Oh, good morning. VBS is quickly approaching, and we are excited. Um, I guess I just want to encourage everybody this morning to realize this is all of our mission, not just a few that are serving or helping, but this is all of our mission. Um, whether it's to pray, whether it's to give a kid a ride, whether it's to donate food, donate finances, Whatever your mission is, I just encourage you to take this on. You know, um, we all know the verse in Proverbs that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And that's all of our responsibility, whether we have small children or not. So I just want to encourage us all to do that. Um, there's, there's ways, there's donation lists that you can provide for, gift cards. But also there's cookies that can be made. We will have set up on the Sunday um, afternoon, which is the 9th next week. We'll have set up following, so we'll pick up chairs and stuff like that. And then also cleanup is on that Thursday, immediately following VBS. So Thursday afternoon, probably about 12.30 or 1 o'clock. So just wanted to encourage you all, take this on as your mission. It is all of our mission. And so I just want to encourage you and want to thank you all the ways that you have supported, all the ways that you have donated, all the ways that you have worked. Praise God. Yeah. And uh, again, we, we say it all the time that God doesn't pass out junior Holy Spirits. And so we're not just babysitting kids. Even, even the little ones we just believe have calling and destiny right now, not in the future, but right now. And so it's one way for us to sow in to the life of our children. And uh, hey, one other, one other thing that's, that's coming up is this, this coming Saturday, um, June 8th, um, 9 a.m. We've got a church work day. The ushers are, are uh, organizing, and uh, there's something for everybody. Um, if, you're, if you don't have a lot of strength, there's, there's something for you. If you've got a lot of strength, there's something for you. If you like outdoors, if you like indoors, there's so, so, so much. So um, one thing that would help us plan is if you would just go right in the foyer, not right now, wait till afterwards, go right in the foyer and, uh, and just sign up. Um, there's an outdoor list and an indoor list. Just sign up. Um, and we'd love to, love to have you come and be part of that for even just a little bit on, on Saturday, starting at 9 a.m. Um, just come and be part of helping this church, the church building and grounds um, even just look better. And then one other thing to look at is uh, just youth camp, uh, or no, I'm sorry, youth summer schedule. Um, and so if you have youth, um, there's a few um, kind of exciting, fun things coming up here on the back of your, of your bulletin. And uh, right, right before I, I preach, um, I just, uh, they would, would never want me to do this, but at the same time, um, they're not going to be here uh, anymore. So uh, the O'Neills are sitting right here. The, the O'Neills are leaving, leaving us. They're going to be moving to Nashville actually today. And, uh, and so if you know uh, the O'Neills, um, especially, why don't you just, could you, a couple of you guys just get up and come over and we're just going to pray over them as they launch out um, in some, uh, as they literally have been uh, sensing God uh, leading them over here to Nashville and uh, for business and relationships and um, it's been cool to hear some of the journey 
Um, but we just want to send them off. Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for friends and family of this church for a long time, for what they have sown in and been a part of. And Lord, right now, I, I thank you um, for protection over them, protection over the kids and, and Matt and Sarah um, in their hearts and their minds. Lord, I thank you for favor. I thank you for open doors. Lord, even for closed doors. Lord, we, we thank you. You are leading. And Lord, where, uh, where you lead, they will follow. Lord, we thank you for supernatural provision, uncommon provision, um, creative provision. And Lord, um, Lord, as you plant them there, uh, Lord, I just thank you. Um, there's that, that old phrase, bloom where you're planted. And Lord, I thank you that they will, that they will do just that. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And uh, I just encourage you, if uh, um, maybe the Lord gives you a prophetic word or a word of encouragement or something, and um, share that with the O'Neills before you leave today. All right. Hey, um, we're, we're in a series called The Aftermath, and the reason why it's called The Aftermath is because this series started right after Easter, and the question was, what happened next? And so, uh, so that's what we've been really talking about. And uh, we're, we're quite a ways into Acts right now. Today we're going to be in, in Acts, I think it's like 6 through 8 is where we're going to be. Um, just some portion, just some small portions of, of chapter 6 through 8. And what we're finding, we're probably mon- just months after um, the, his death, burial, and resurrection. Just, uh, just months. I, we don't, some, some places in the Bible, there's like clear timelines, and some places are a little foggy. Um, and uh, uh, one day we know this is a little foggy, as it says, in those days, when we start off in, in, in Acts chapter 6. And so we're like, well, how long was that? We don't know. It was probably months after. And so it's still kind of fresh in their hearts, in their minds, everything. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, I entitled today's message, Know Your Role. How many, uh, if, if, you, if you hear that in a negative context, uh, how many of you ever, someone ever said, hey, know your role, right? They point their finger at you. Hopefully, you husbands have never said that or your wives have never said that to you. Uh, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be bad. Um, in fact, we have um, uh, marriage counseling here at this church we offer, and if that's ever been said in your home, I would encourage you, because um, uh, uh, it didn't go well for me one time, and I, I can share bat- some of those battle wounds. But no, you, you just, right, that, that's a negative concept. But in a, in a positive sense, how many know it's a good idea to know your role? Wouldn't that be just a, uh, uh, I think it would be a hard life <laughs> to walk around and not know, uh, just kind of floating, kind of just existing uh, hoping by accident that you'll, you'll make it. And um, I would suggest that especially as a Christian and in the body of Christ, that it would be super important for you to know your role. And if you're somewhere in your heart saying, man, I don't know if I know my role. Maybe it's in this church. Maybe it's in the body of Christ at large. Maybe it's just, you know, did you know that you were born to live at this time in history? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to be Captain Obvious. I know you guys think I'm super prophetic, but like you were born to live at this time in history. There's a reason why you weren't born to live in the 1900s or, yeah, right, or early 1900s. Like, there's a reason why you weren't, weren't born to live you know, in, in, the, in Bible times that we're going to talk about today. You were born to live at this time in history. There is purpose. There is plan. There is reason. And I suggest that the quicker you find out your role, like then, then the quicker the kingdom of God can advance. Because, because you're, not just a, you're not just meant to be on the sidelines. 
You're, you're not like, you're, you're not like the, the second string or, or third string. You're not like, hey, put me in, coach. Like, no, that's not you. No, you're like, you are supposed to be fully vested in this mission. Uh, one thing I, I've been learning about the early church is they owned the message, everybody. It wasn't just the apostles. and It was like, like every person owned the message to the point of death. <laughs> And one thing I'd like to talk about today is, um, and I'm going to share some things, um, and you may agree or disagree. I would ask you this, that if you disagree with me, disagree with me because you read the Bible different and interpret the Bible different. Don't just disagree because you don't like what I have to say. Am I, is it good? All right, we're all on the same page. So I, I think, maybe not this church, but lots of churches nationwide, maybe worldwide, have abdicated their roles the body of christ has abdicated their roles to paid people in the church it, it, there are unintended okay here, here's the here's remember the, the question that we've been asking ourselves each week if your only source of reference was the bible would you expect what would you expect the church to look like if your only source of reference was the bible what would you expect the church to look like as I look at the early church and I'm studying some of these things, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. We, some, you know, do you know what like an unintended consequence is? Right? You, you, you make a decision and then a week later you're like, oh, <laughs> I, didn't see, I saw that going differently in my head. I, I think that there's some things about, about church and body of Christ that we thought was a good idea then and Years later, maybe even hundreds of years later, we're like, oh, we saw that going differently in our head. W one of those things is, how many think it's a good idea that we've got paid staff? Well, I, I, I do. I mean, my family, my family likes that idea. I'll just answer that for myself, I guess. Uh, uh, and you want to know the unintended consequence of that? We've got paid staff that do your job. Man, there, there are thoughts that, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go get taken out to the woodshed probably after this message, but I'm just like, hey, you know what? It's all right. Listen, every once in a while, there's a thought that might come up in your head that says, oh, well, that's what we pay the pastor to do. Or, or oh, that's what we pay, even, even not the pastor, that's what Leslie gets paid to do. That's what... That's what Fred gets paid to do. Fred's our, Fred's our building maintenance guy. And little by little, what we have done is where it's been helpful to have point people that get paid that, that full-time are committed to the work of the ministry. Little by little, what we've, what we've said is, oh, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kinda, kinda be a spectator I'm going to come and be a consumer. Not everybody, but some, some of us. I'm going to come and be a consumer because, because we, got, we pay professionals to do this. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And I hope, you know, my heart is, is really that you would just feel super uncomfortable right now. <laughs> here's, the, here's the main thought today. God gives every person an assignment 
and the ability to accomplish that assignment. God gives every person an assignment and the ability to accomplish that assignment. And the Holy Spirit would never want to make you feel condemned. That's not his job. That's the devil's job. But the Holy Spirit would want to convict. That conviction, Holy Spirit conviction is something that, that rises up and says, oh, I, I did something bad, and, and here's the way to get closer to God, to, to, to course correct. The devil comes along with condemnation, and he says, you are bad. And so if you're feeling something like that, like your identity and all of this, can I just say that's the devil? That's, that's, not, that's not Jesus. But if you're feeling like, oh, when he said some of those things, I, I realize that I'm just floating. I don't really have a role. I, I, I've never really, like, discovered my gifts. I've never really, like, uh, I've, I've just always thought that was the pastor's job to do, you know, to, to share wisdom with somebody else. I just always thought it was the pastor's job to, to visit somebody in the hospital. I've always thought it was the pastor's job to, to you know, whatever it might be, right? So if, that, if that's you and you're like, oh, now I know, would you allow Holy Spirit to just share whatever he wants to share with you? Don't feel condemned. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to convict us and bring us into a place of health and right standing. Um, it's just, it's interesting. We, you think about, uh, if I were to pull the audience, which I'm, I'm not going to because that's super dangerous, but if I, were, if I were to pull the audience, I imagine in a group this size, we would have varying ideas of what, of what the pastor's supposed to do, right? And, and in fairness... Um, if I'm getting paid to do a job, I should actually work. Would, 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 you, get, would you guys agree? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, we pay you. We should, you, should, you should do something, right? So, so we're not, we're, what we're not saying is the pastor should stay at home and everybody else should do the work. Would you guys say that that would be wrong? Right? And <laughs> she's, she's like, hey, be, I wouldn't mind having you at home. Right? And, 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 we're, and we're not saying the opposite either that that you guys should all stay at home and the pastor should do everything what we're, we're like no what we're saying is what's what's my role what's what's your role and we and the unintended consequence of of church history has been that we pay professionals and it makes the average person in the church feel like well i'm i didn't go to school for that well, like I don't study the Bible like like he does, and and I don't and whatever the excuses are, I'm suggesting that maybe there is more that you're supposed to do than you're doing. There's more that you're supposed to be walking in that than you're walking in. Now, if all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, you don't like I I do a lot. Well, then I'm not talking to you. Like, I volunteer, and I do. I'm, we're, we're, this isn't a volunteerism message, by the way. Come on, all right. This, this is not, this is, this is what's your role? Here, one, one way that we can find out our role in this church is, I will plug Discover Track right now. If you are really confused at how you're gifted and how you're wired and what your design is, I think that's week two Discover Track coming up next week. Like, that would be a good idea to come in and, and find out, just at least get, get pointed in the right direction. This is how I'm gifted. This is how I'm wired. This is how I'm designed. 
Um, I would love for you to go and be a part of that. Uh, in other words, if you're confused, there are ways to get you unconfused. And, and, and maybe that is even just sitting down one-on-one with me sometime and saying, Pastor Jonathan, I, I, I want to know my role. I want to f- have a vital part in, in the body of Christ. I just don't know how to get there. Maybe you just want to have a one-on-one with me sometime. But we also have Discover Track. All right, are we ready? Here we go. Acts chapter 6. In those days, the number of disciples was increasing. Um, in fact, we see this uh, all throughout the book of Acts. Is, is like, it, this was a rapid growth. It was, it, it, this, this wasn't stagnant. It, it, this, they had a secret to, uh, in fact, I think I even wrote that. Did I write that in the newsletter this week? There was like a, they kind of, they, they caught on to um, a, a church growth principle. And, 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 it wasn't, and it wasn't a bunch of, of uh, programs and, and really cool strategies. It was, all Holy Spirit driven, and it was everybody owning the message, and they couldn't help but get the message out. And that's what happened. In those days, the number of disciples was increasing. Now, there were two groups. Now, I want you guys to know, the, both of these groups were followers of Jesus. Both of these groups like, gave their heart to Jesus, but they came from two separate Jewish mindsets and, and, and communities. One was, a, um, was, was the Hellenistic Jews, everyone say Hellenistic. Just be careful when you say that. Hellenistic Jews, and the other was the was the Hebraic Jews, and the Hellenistic Jews. Basically, they were ones that that uh, kind of lived in Greek-speaking communities, usually outside of Jerusalem, someplace someplace uh, far away, and and they would tend to uh, you know to, to not be as traditional as the Hebraic Jews. In fact, they would look at the Hebraic Jews and they would think, oh, they're just the more holier than thou people. Any of you? So we, let's do a test. If you're, if you're more Hebraic, you're probably thinking about some people, they're just the holier than thou people, right? So that would mean that you're in the Hebraic or the, the Hellenistic camp. The, the Hebraic Jews, they were a little bit more traditional. They, they, they you know, made sure they followed all of the Jewish traditions, customs, laws, all of these things. They were, um, now some of them spoke Greek, but, but they were more traditional. And they would look at the Hellenistic Jews and they would think, oh, there's those compromisers. There's those, those compromisers. There's those ones that, that man, if they, uh, I, I wish they could, could do exactly what God said. And he said it this way, and he laid it out this way, and this is the rules, this is what we do. And so you have both of these groups come up. And this is what we start to find, is that in the early church, like it started off this organic thing, and everybody's on the same page, and now all of a sudden within their ranks, there started to be a little bit of uh, of offense and a little bit of infighting and a little bit of opinions and a little bit anybody is is that is that just is that us sometimes is that the church sometimes in other words they had problems too so so this started rising up and and the hellenistic jews they they basically were saying um our widows aren't aren't being taken care of and we're and, and something needs to be done now what you this is you might not realize this but the temple the temple officials they uh, it was a huge part of jewish uh, tradition custom history to take care of widows it was a big deal it was it was not a not a just kind of a leftover task it was a 
big deal in their world. And the temple officials would, would daily administrate um, uh, food and resources and benevolence to widows. And so what we start to find is, wait, now the church is needing to start doing that? Why? Well, this is part of the persecution. This, these, these Hellenistic Jewish followers of Jesus and the Hebraic Jewish followers of Jesus, their widows are not being taken care of by, by temple officials anymore. Now they have to be taken care of by this new group led by the apostles. So everything's going great. Peter's preaching and James and John and everyone's doing all their things. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, there's, there's these people that aren't being taken care of. And so what happens here? Listen. So the 12, these are the 12 apostles, says, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Now, we read that and we go on and, we, and we're, we're thinking, oh, okay. But does that rub anybody the wrong way? Is that just me? Do, do, was I the only one that paused and thought, oh, why not? You've got two legs. Why don't you walk over there to that table and, and administrate some food? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you talking about, Peter? And, and I started thinking about this and meditating on this, and, and I want you to know what they're not saying because sometimes we read between the lines and we make up a story. Here's what they're not saying. They're not saying that this, this role is beneath us. They're not saying that, that we have... We have been elevated to some grand status and, and that is beneath us to wait on tables. That's one thing. That, that They're not saying that. What they are saying is we are super clear on our role. We are super clear on our role. And if we abdicate our responsibility here, there's going to be huge consequences like the advancement of the gospel. That's, that's, that's what they are saying. Also, in, in the original, as you look at, at their culture, wait, serving or waiting on tables, when you're looking at this, this isn't, just, this isn't like everybody sitting around a table and, we're, and, and you got some waiters and waitresses going around and serving. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is, is business was conducted at tables. And so they either were literally administrating food. People would come up and they would be handing out sacks of groceries or they'd be administrating um, benevolent funds and handing out, handing out money so that they could go. Like that's what was happening at tables. And so what they're saying is we need some people in this next verse. We need some people that can handle the administration of, of either the funds or the food at these tables daily as people, as, I mean, they were up, they were, there were thousands of followers of Jesus at this point. And so the 12 were saying, like, we gotta spread out this responsibility. We're super clear on our role. We need some others to step up. That's what's happening. And I love, I love the qualification. They didn't, you know, could we have anybody with an accounting background? Is there anybody in this, uh, in the thousands of our ranks that, that have, our, you know, uh, accounting, CPA, any lawyers, anybody that can make sure it's done, done right and to the T, anybody, anybody like that? Anybody, has anybody like ever passed out food before? Would you let me know? Um, maybe you've, anybody, have you ever, have you learned how to count? Could we just get, raise a hand if you know how to count? Like, no, what did they say? Do you guys read the scripture? Let's come to the next. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit 
and wisdom. And I, I look at this, and I'm like, that's an interesting, interesting um, qualification. <laughs> so in, in, in our context, what would this look like? I, it, you know, the board of elders and, and pastors were, were sitting in the room, and, and this need arises, and, and how are we going to handle this? I have, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's have the, the people pick, pick some people that are, that are known to be full of the Holy Spirit to handle this. So we come into a group like this, and we're all standing in here, hey, we've got the solution. Why don't we just take about 10 minutes? You guys confer among yourselves. Would you pick seven among you that are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom? Ready, set, go. That was kind of what they had, except there were thousands there. I'm like, well, how did they know? How did they know that they were full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom? I mean, this isn't just a, I think I'm full of the Holy Spirit. This isn't just a, well, I'm, I think because everybody's saved, they must be full of the Holy Spirit. No, there, there was evidence. <laughs> there, was, there was evidence. I mean, it, I, I, and, I'm, and I know that not everybody in this room probably even speaks in tongues or any of these types of things, some of the, some of the fruit, some of the evidence of what it would look like to be a Spirit-filled believer. Uh, and I'm not saying that you even have to. But I am saying there has to be something a couple weeks ago, we talked about the evidence of being full of the Spirit is boldness. We, we've talked about, you know, the evidence of being full of the Spirit would be signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, one of the common things, I, I, I think 98, 99% of the believers were pro- probably all spoken tongues. It was super common back then. Something was, was, was outward and outward expression because they knew. Everyone could confer among themselves, like, who do we know? Who do we know? Like, did anybody raise the dead recently? Anybody, like, anybody cleanse a leper recently? Was there, did anybody, like, like, was there, like, a creative miracle this week? Do you know, didn't I, wasn't there that, who's that person? Like, they, they prayed and, like, a kneecap came back. I was pretty sure we saw that. What was that? And there was evidence and they said, we, we need seven. Confirm among yourselves. Would you pick seven among you that are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? Like, these are people that walked in wisdom. They, it, there, was, there was a, this wasn't a, um, probably even just a natural wisdom. It was like there was a supernatural wisdom that the spirit of wisdom would come upon them. And I wonder today, in our church, Imagine everybody's here, no one's on vacation, we've got everybody, all the seats are filled, and we're like, who among you is known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? Who would you pick right now? Don't, don't say it, don't say it out loud. Who, who would you pick right now? Would you be bold enough to pick yourself? I like the fact that it wasn't as much about someone gifted in the task as it was about full of the spirit and wisdom. Imagine if we picked people that way. So it goes on. They're going to turn the responsibility over to those seven. They're going to... Uh, it shows the, the ones that they chose. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. 
and all of these other people that it's hard to pronounce except Philip. You can pronounce that. Now, this is a different, some of you guys remember that there's an apostle Philip. This is a different guy. This is not the apostle Philip. This is, and oh, can I also say this? Did you know this about, about these guys? Uh, when they're picking people to serve tables, in the original language, in the original uh, you know, story back in, like these were deacons. This would have been the original deacons. And some of you are like, well, oh, deacons. I grew up in a church where we had deacons. Some of you are like, what's a deacon? Well, in our church, deacons would probably be like our, like our head ushers. They might be like our, like our women's ministry team. They might be like people that, that, that go and, and visit people in the hospital or make meals or, or uh, make sure that the building's safe or do different, you know, uh, uh, collect the offering. I mean, th- these are, there, wherever there was like a practical need in, among the people and, and, uh, and in the building, that was, that was deacons. This was, so, so we've, got, we've got some deacons. Maybe we've got some board of elders and that's what, that's what this is. That's who these guys are. All right. All right, stay with me. And so it goes on, and, and they do all this. They pick these, these people with hard names to pronounce, and, and they presented these people before the apostles, and the, the, all the apostles did, they, they laid hands on them, they prayed and commissioned them, and then they sent them off. And I like this, is that it says that the number of disciples in Jerusalem Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large sum of number of priests became obedient to the faith. That's just a whole nother, whole nother thing. But I think it's really cool that some of the religious leaders were starting to, to buy into this Jesus. They may have been some of the ones that, that were persecuting Jesus back in the day. And now all of a sudden they're having, they're like they're changed. This is really cool. And, and because, because these seven rise up, the, the impression we get is that the gospel advances. Like, like it works, like their, their strategy works. And it goes on in verse 9, it says, Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, uh, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. And I'm not going to go into, there's, there's a lot here. It's really, really cool, interesting stuff. I, I think it's great, but for, just for the sake of time, I just want to focus on a couple things. For, first of all, there was a, um, when it says province of Cilicia, that would have been where, um, where the Apostle Paul was from. Now, he wasn't the Apostle Paul at this time. He was just, he was Saul at this time, and he was persecuting, he was angry at, at Christians. Um, he, wa- he, was, he, he was on a, he felt like he was on a holy mission to, uh, to get rid of all of these followers of the way, as they called it. And he was from Cilicia. So it's even possible that, that Paul was part of this opposition that arose up here with Stephen. And there was this whole, maybe you guys remember Stephen. Stephen becomes the first martyr of the church. Hey, he's a, he's a deacon. He becomes the first martyr of the church. I like this. You remember that he was known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? It says, verse 10, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Man, it's powerful. It goes on, and I'm going to just fast forward through all of that. We're going to come to Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And this this is what we know. 
the whole story here is Stephen speaks up. Stephen preaches a whole message. I mean, it's super long. And he, he just like the apostles, tells all the, all the hearers, you're the ones that crucified him. You're the ones. And he, and he, said, and he calls them to repentance. And, and instead of repenting and turning their hearts to Jesus, they get angry. They gnash their teeth. They drag Stephen out of the city. They pick up stones and they stone him. They stone one of our head ushers because he was just so, so in love with Jesus and spoke the word of God boldly. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome to me. And so you get through all of that in the Acts chapter 8, verse 1. It says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, imagine that, with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And I, I know that we're talking about two men here, but I'm imagining that this, let's just imagine that this was a woman in our day, one of our women's ministry team that's just going around the city with signs, wonders, and miracles. Demons are coming out of people with shrieks. Man, that would be, I, I, that would be on NTV. Many are getting healed. And then there was great joy in that city. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm wanting to just point out to us that these are just normal people. These weren't people that went to school for this. this is, these, are, these are people that are just sold out for Jesus, passionate for Jesus. They've discovered their, their role. And I, I kind of like that nowhere else do we mention Stephen and Philip like waiting on tables. Like it wasn't even about that. I mean, that was like, that was, that was like secondary to known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. It goes on, and Philip, man, it, it, what, a, what an incredible guy. He's uh, an angel of the Lord, talks to Philip, and tells him to go south on a road down to Gaza. And, and, uh, and as he's going on that road, he runs into uh, an Ethiopian eunuch that's in a chariot, and the Ethiopian eunuch is reading a, from the scroll of Isaiah. By the way, it would have cost uh, a lot of money to have that scroll. So he was super committed to to learning Isaiah. And he's reading this complicated passage from Isaiah and, and Philip comes up to the, to the chariot and, and he says, hey, do you know what you're reading? And the, the eunuch says, how could I? How could I know unless someone explains it to me? And so, and so one, of our, one of our children's workers just says, oh yeah, no problem, and explains explains the whole passage of Isaiah. The guy gets, gets saved on the spot and says, hey, can I get baptized too? And one of our children's workers baptizes them because they realize, oh, the pastor doesn't have to baptize them. Like, like I can baptize them. Was that, I think that was in there. Pretty sure sometimes I get carried away and I, we find out that Philip then 
on his journey, he ends up in, a, in Caesarea, which is on the, the, the Mediterranean coast. Caesarea gets talked about a lot in the Bible, but you fast forward all these chapters to Acts 21, and it says, leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist. Finally, he's known as the Evangelist. Philip the Evangelist, the deacon, he was one of the seven. And I like this little tidbit, verse 9. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. I mean, this was the thing. You see that in Stephen and in Philip, both of them had this, had this unwavering character. Both of them had, had these, these, these traits, these attributes about them that, like, it just set them apart. We're not talking about natural gifts. We're talking about something that comes from within. And in Philip, we find he passes it on to the next generation. His four daughters are prophesying. I mean, this is, this is cool. This isn't just like, hey, the pastor's kids are great. Like, like you know, and we always think the pastor's kids need to be great, right? Because they're living in the pastor's home. Pastors are pretty much like perfect. Right? So the pastor's kids are perfect. Evidently, that's what, that's, that's what the deal is. Like, no, no, this is, I mean, this is our, our, our coffee workers and greeters have children in their home that are prophesying. And they're known to be evangelists. It's not, they're not known to be coffee workers and greeters. They're known. Like, that's what they do. That's not who they are. Like, their role Man, their role is a fire-breathing man or woman of God that knows how to raise up the next generation. I mean, because their kids are at home prophesying. I think this is interesting. As I was just going to look at Stephen and Philip really quick, and then we're out. Stephen, I just saw some qualities. I just, things that the Bible said. Watch this. Stephen was known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. The Bible says he was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. It goes on, it says he was a man full of grace and power. It says that he performed great wonders and signs among the people. It says, but, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. It says, and, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. That's one, like, like as he's sitting there getting persecuted, Stephen's face looked like the face of an angel. Man, that's like, that's awesome. Like, these, these, are, just, these are just normal guys. He preaches a whole sermon. I've wondered this. Now, if I ever left this church in 40 years, if I ever left this church, there's a whole process in place. We've got a regional executive director and they would help our board of elders like, like search for the right person and then eventually they would, you know, there would be candidates and then our body would vote on them and all that type of stuff. There's processes in place. But I'm just thinking, let's just, let's hypothetically think, if I were to ever, if I were to just leave this church today and let's just say we couldn't, we, we didn't find anybody right away. Let's say it was months. Let's say it was a year. Which one of you would step up? Which one of you would be preaching sermons? Which one of you would be doing the things that I do. It, it's, it's that heavy. Sometimes the reason why you don't do is because I am. And I would like, as we get...
down here. So, so bring the practical. How do I do? This isn't a practical sermon. This is a cause you to think sermon. This is one of those where you walk away chewing on, wait a minute. Oh, I, I, I am part of the body of Christ. I got to figure out my role. And may your role primarily be, may it start with, you're a person that is known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Philip, <laughs> he was Again, known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. When, when crowds heard Philip speak and, 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 they, and he performed signs and wonders, man, like, I mean, that's crazy. They all paid close attention to what he said with shrieks and pure spirits came out. Many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. An angel of the Lord talked to Philip. Anybody have that recently? Angel of the Lord talks to Philip. He walks in obedience. The, the Spirit of God says, hey, go here. And he goes there. That's a supernatural act right there. Just obedience. Philip, Philip explained scripture to the eunuch, led him in salvation. He baptized somebody. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention this part. The spirit of the Lord just suddenly took Philip away. It, it, it means he was there one moment and gone the next. It, like all you like Star Trek fans, beat me up, Scotty. Right? That's what that was. It was like he was here one moment and he was just gone. And, he sh- and then it says he just appeared someplace. I, there are times when family vacations, I'm just like, could we just get there? Like, could we just have Philip's anointing and just, just be there? That's what happened. And his daughters evangelized and he was known to be, oh, his daughters prophesied and he was known to be an evangelist. Guys, uh, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going I'm to work. I'm going to work hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things that are outside of my gift set just because I have to. I'm going to do things that are in my gift set because I love it. You don't have to worry about that. Like, like I get paid. As long as I'm getting paid, I'm going to do it. And if I'm not getting paid, the question will be, is he still going to do it? We have this, we have this, this tension we live in. What's, what's, a, what's the calling and what's the job? Pretty quick, when there's no money involved, you start to find out what's the calling. Hey, guess what? None of you have money involved, so you get to find out what's the calling. It's pure. Every one of you that's not on my paid staff, you get to find out what's the calling. Because it's not your job. You hear me? Lord, all over this place, I ask that you would take the word spoken today and Lord that may anything that's not of you fall by the wayside and may anything that's of you just go deep into people, people's hearts may we chew on the meat and spit out the bones but Lord I just ask that this would not just be a sermon a message a day but Lord that there would be um, change that many of us in this room would know our role and it's because of Jesus we pray Amen. Amen. Hey, um, worship team, come. Let's, can we all stand this morning as we're leaving? They're going to lead us in a song, and uh, in a few minutes, uh, we're going to leave, and our altar workers are going to come up here. You're, uh, when, when we're done, we're just going to respond to this with one song, and when we're done with the song, you are welcome to stay and get prayer, or you're welcome to leave Lord Jesus right now. We worship you. We give this to you. I ask that you would, you would challenge us. It wouldn't just be 
Pastor Jonathan, but that your Holy Spirit would be the one that would challenge us. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Let's worship.